On today's podcast, I'll be speaking with former students and now full-time comedians Johnny W. and Brian Bates. We'll talk about performing outdoor gigs, parking lot gigs, virtual gigs, and opening for Nate Bragazzi at drive-in theaters. Kick it! Welcome to the School of Laughs podcast, brought to you by SchoolofLaughs.com. Whether you're an aspiring comedian, a part-time pro, or a speaker who wants to become funnier, this is the podcast for you. We'll break down tools, tips, and techniques to help you get bigger, better, and more bookable. And now, here's the show. Welcome to the podcast. Rick Roberts here. Hope you're doing well wherever you're at, doing whatever it is that you're doing. Hey, like I mentioned in the preamble, we got a little interview today with Johnny W. and Brian Bates about what they've been doing during the pandemic and how they're surviving and what the positive spins they've been able to find to apply to this thing. And likewise, I ask you guys to send me some information through email on how you're coping with the pandemic and surviving the comedy downers that we have right now. So let's get into that a little bit. Uh, this came in from Chester Goat. I asked him what he was thankful for during the pandemic. Uh, he's thankful for a new online Bible study. Study that he got into that's pretty cool and for meeting some funny friends online that's excellent uh, what does he miss during this time well he finally got the nerve to go pursue comedy back in january february and had planned on hitting these open mics and then everything shut down at the same time so that's what he missed the beginning of his comedy career uh but it was funny he kind of got into coaching calls with me right at the beginning of the year and then right when he's getting ready to start boom he wasn't able to so funny ironic or in inconvenient is probably the best word, but that's what happened. So another question I asked was, what did I complete or finish due to COVID? Well, he did hit the ground running with the coaching sessions and got some jokes written and also wrote a, a script. It was a quirky, clean, dark comedy script that he submitted to some festivals, and he actually got accepted in one. So how about that? Pretty cool writing some funny stuff uh, for a horror film festival. Excellent. And then the final question I ask is, what do you want from this comedy podcast moving forward? Because it's your podcast. I'm just hosting it and guiding it along. And Chester said he'd like to revisit some of the earlier topics. Since things have changed a lot, it might be worth to do so. I like that. I'm going to go back and dig into those early topics and see if there's a different take on those things. Now, I'm certain there's going to be some that have a new perspective. So I'll do that. He would like to maybe connect more of the podcast listeners with some seasoned folks. So maybe like a triple interview where it's me, a newer comic, and maybe one of my friends or older comics, and kind of integrate the three comics, a new, old, and me in the middle. I'm probably the oldest <laughs> in the episode, so that might be kind of pretty cool. And then maybe doing some online writing during an episode to hear what the insight is on that. All those things are great suggestions, and I'll check into those, Chester, and make sure that they're in the first quarter of 2021 School of Last Podcasts. <laughs> Another response came in from Brian Kahatsu out there in Phoenix, Arizona. And uh, he mentions that he's a big fan of the podcast. He always listens to it. It never disappoints. Likes the interviews. So keep doing that and follow your gut. One request that Brian had was to dig in a little more into social media and how that can incorporate into your comedy career and marketing. And I'm with you on that. I am starting to slow down like an old dude 
trying to figure out whether I should cross the street or wait for all the cars to go home and go across at 3 in the morning. That's the way I look at social media right now. A lot of traffic, not sure what's going on or which direction I should go in. I'll dig into that. I'll see if I can get us some expert interviews on that. And then uh, what is he thankful for during the pandemic? Well, he's got high school kids, senior and a sophomore. So I know that's different, but it's also a time when, hey, they're going to be moving on pretty soon. So he's thankful for the extra time with them. And then some things he did during the uh, early stages was uh, declutter his computer and back up his hard drives, all that kind of stuff, as well as exercising, losing weight, and improving his overall health. So lots of good stuff going on there for uh, Brian Kahatsu. Uh, Aaron Sorrells checked in as well. He uh, he does these backpacking things where instead of taking a, a tent, he takes a hammock and sleeps in that as he goes. That's pretty cool. Good way to get outside, have a little bit of fun. So all those are things people are doing during the pandemic to get them through and still focus on their comedy. I'll be uh, sharing a little bit more of what we did in the podcast with Johnny W. and Brian Bates here in just a second. You'll hear how we kind of coped with the downtime and got through things. All right, let's go ahead and get into this one. Drive-ins, virtual gigs, outdoor gigs. Oh my. Well, how we doing, fellas? Brian, how's it going over there? It's going great. I'm glad to be here. Good to see you six and a half feet away. We are. Yeah, we're we're exceeding the the Johnny, CDC you can't talk recommendations. Yet. You're not supposed to talk yet. Okay. No. <laughs> how's, it, how's it going, Johnny? I'm good. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't know the rules. That's all right. I've, well, I've had a chance to catch up with Johnny a little bit the past couple of months more than Brian. You, you've been out and about. Johnny's been out in different places, but when he's back, we tend to go bike riding together. So yeah. I'm gonna start over here and work my way around the horn. Uh, I know that uh, of the three of us, you did the most clubs. You know, and, and here we are in 2020 and we got that shut down pretty quick and then phased in and out in different mm-hmm. ways. But you also did something that the other two of us hadn't got a chance to do were the uh, drive-in shows. Yeah. And so, uh, for people that don't know, tell them who you work with, how you, how you guys met, but then it's still kind of how those drive-in shows go. Cause I'm curious. Yeah. So, um, when everything shut down and then it became obvious it was going to be shut down for the foreseeable future. Uh, I've been traveling with Nate Bargatze and have done that for some time, opening for for Nate and and he's doing theaters and you know theaters are probably going to be the last thing that comes back in full capacity for for certain. So um, he started doing these drive-in theaters and first person I heard of doing them was Jim Gaffigan and then I know Burt Kreischer's done some and Hannibal Burris and then uh, for about five weeks this fall Nate started doing these drive-in uh, theaters all across the country and he took me out with him and it was it was fun he was working on his next Netflix special which will be coming out early next year and and that's his way to doing it so I didn't know what to expect I think um, it went better than I expected because I had low expectations I'd already heard some horror stories what was your fear just that if everyone's sitting in their car you're not gonna hear any laughter. And that just seems so so weird. It wasn't that you wouldn't be effective. You just wouldn't be able to hear how effective you were. Which will make me feel like I'm not being effective. So right. timing-wise and all that, it seemed like it would just be like, you know, not not good. The very first show I did was in Cleveland, and there was uh, a giant... I don't know why I say giant. It was a regular-sized train. <laughs> I want to see the giant train, though. Like a train 10 times the normal size came by. And the, everybody was looking at it because we'd never seen a giant Brian train with before. the hyperbole. Man. <laughs> and it was a regular-sized train, right. but it was so loud. It was right by the theater. 
and uh, <laughs> it would go by about every 10 minutes. And it's what I really, I mean, I guess I knew this, but it's still hard to imagine. People are sitting in their cars and they have a radio dial turned to the speak yeah. so they can hear you fine. The train is not affecting what they can hear. However, for the guy up there on stage, I can't even hear myself talking. So it looked like one of those scenes in a movie where uh, the guy all of a sudden starts going on a profanity lace rant, but mm-hmm. you can't hear anything because of this loud. I mean, I can't hear myself. And right when I say my punchline, like the train finishes and goes by, and I have no idea whether or not. But but um, there was trains, there was weather, there was a few times it was raining, and and you know. You're out there in the rain, yeah. drizzling, and you can't see anything because it's just darkness. It was getting cold by the end, right? It was getting very cold out there in, in my hat and my gloves and my coat bundled up on stage. You can't feel your fingers. And then some of these drive-ins. And that was in July, just to let you know about Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> the river's on fire. The river's you know. on fire. <laughs> LeBron's leaving. It's a terrible time. And you know, we've all probably done uh, sports bars where they leave the TVs on in the back. I was at a drive-in, and they had other screens. They were playing E.T. on the other screen. Well, they were playing... Um, they were playing Punchline on the other yeah. screen. It was the Nightmare Before Christmas. I remember that. And, and something else. And I'm up there on stage... Watching movies, you know, on the screen way behind. That'd be great if, like, they're they're showing a Kevin Hart special, and you can see it, and it's got closed captions. So you're just doing Kevin Hart's jokes, yeah. but you're you're giving the audience the same time to respond it's as he does. My interpretation of Kevin. What's Hart. going on? They can watch him, but hear your voice. Yeah, that actually might be a better way to do it, it's like a mystery science theater type thing. Yeah. So you have the 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 screen going with a different act. But you're doing the jokes. When I tell Brian's bits to other people, I make fun of him halfway through for sure. And he uses my voice to do it. <laughs> yeah. It's it's very complex. So this was how long into the tour when this one happened? Um I was I did it three weeks out of the five. It was like three weeks in October. Gosh, so it was that cold in October already. Yeah, yeah. Like the last uh the, the coldest was was in Kansas City and it was I mean, so cold up there on stage. So so like when that's going on you're obviously on stage. The nearest cars are, I mean, I'm sure it varies depending on the situation. Yeah. People, now, people do pay for premium parking. Mm-hmm. They pay extra to be closer to a comic they're still far away from, correct? In some situations? I don't like, know. Like the VIP? I guess so. I honestly don't know. I guess that, that makes sense. I didn't know if it was just whoever gets there first and gets pulled up there or, or they pay ahead. But what ends up happening is the honking and light flashing becomes the, the applause. So if they really like something. Yeah. So um, at first it seemed like it would be really annoying. Like that's the last thing you want. But then we realized, you know, it's kind of a way to measure your, your, yeah. your, so then the MC started telling people about it. And so they would know. So you'd be up there on stage and they're just, they're honking and flashing their lights. And <laughs> it's weird, but it was, it kind of effective. It kind of helped you realize, you know, kind of keep your timing down a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how I would do in that situation. How do you think you'd do, Johnny? Because you, you, I don't know. You expect a lot of the audience. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm low energy. Nate's very low energy too, but I would say I'm pretty low energy. Other than when I, I mean, I use music in my show some, but I don't move around a lot. I don't like prowl the stage. I stand still. So yeah, I'm I'm looking for that response and the timing. My timing. I feel like might be thrown off. Like what Brian was saying, like if you're like comedy is, I always say to people who don't know, know a lot about comedy that like confidence is comedy. Like it's everything. 
So when I started out, I would just pretend to have confidence. I'd, be, I'd do an impression of a confident person. Right, right. And then as you start doing okay, you, your confidence becomes real. But then it could all be stripped away. One show, everybody knows if you do comedy, you're only, your confidence is only as good as your last show. Yeah. I hate when you do like a three-day run and the last show is the worst one. Now you have to live with that taste in your mouth on the flight home or the trip home until you get back on stage again. You're thinking of that show. So that's what I would be afraid of is like your confidence starts to slip uh, if you're not getting the type feedback you're used to. Yeah. Uh, especially if you're trying out new material because how are you supposed to get usable data? So I'd, it would be a challenge. It's not that I wouldn't do it or I wouldn't take the opportunity like Brian did. Like, yeah, you're going to go out with somebody like Nate. Go do it. But yeah, to think it up, be like, you know what would be great? Let's go to a drive-in. It would be, man. I would have to be really bored and need as, the money as a, as a comic or the audience member, the comic. Yeah, I know. Yeah. The audience, the audience member, hopefully they had a good, I wonder what their experience was. I mean, did you have people who, uh, like, I wonder what the comments were on like a Facebook post. Like did it come back and say 50, 50? Yeah, this was good, but I don't know if it was worth it. To, you know, I wonder what their real experience was compared to a theater show. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, the ones I read were, were all positive, but it, they're not cheap tickets. No, because that's the other thing with this is to to be of benefit to anybody. For anybody to actually make money when it's done, it has yeah. to be pretty high. But you still can only – even in a drive-in, you have to have like every other car space open and these kinds of mm-hmm. things. So that's been the real tricky thing for anybody that's trying to actually make money during this pandemic is the the tickets are so high that it doesn't yeah. – so there's a lot more pressure on a show that can't be as good as it normally is because the situation's different. Yeah, we did one show that was during the late afternoon, and it was a – Perfect weather it was in, um, I think this was in Houston, and we really thought it was going to be the best show of the whole whole trip. And I got up there, and and uh, I mean they just weren't into it, and and it was kind of that way for everybody. And then when I got off stage, I thought I'm going to walk to the back and just watch Nate from all the way in the back. And I realized the sun is setting right behind us. Yeah. And everyone's just squinting. You mm. can't even see the stage. You couldn't even see this, the giant screen. And once the sun set, then he did much better. And everyone commented, like, I think my eyeballs got burned out, but I had a good time. Yeah. Well, it could have just been the Texas people, too. <laughs> no, could have been could have been but we did a lot of texas runs and that was the worst one yeah so uh, yeah, that's the other thing is when you've got those uh so you go on first or second no I, I, usually i would go on third yeah well first you have nate open the show <laughs> yeah. and then after he feels them out you go out and tell me when they're warm buddy yeah 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 so but there was two or three comics on this one instead of just you and nate yeah right? yeah there was mc and uh there was aaron weber and then there was myself and then and then nate and for those of you guys that don't know Aaron Weber, he's the one that created the grill, and he's uh, he's living yeah, off he's of that. Yeah, he's doing So, so that's interesting. So, would you, in other shows, go back and kind of watch from the back, or or like when you were done with your set, depending on the weather, would you go inside somewhere and warm up and just kind of wait for it to be over? I would usually go inside to warm up, but you know, we could dial the radio in the bus mm. and listen to it on the bus and they you know, on stage. So that was kind of. You know, it was kind of nice. And uh, on the bus, was it a little bit tricky? With more, did everybody ride on the bus together the whole yeah. time? So you had enough. Bumps, it's tricky but- for Brian. <laughs> <laughs> we could probably do a whole episode because you guys have both done tour buses. Maybe yeah. we'll, we'll push that off to a different one. But uh, everybody felt safe enough, and I mean, to crack, you can't really crack the windows on a bus. No, I mean there are you can not while you're driving right. though. But once you get parked, you could. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's you're always risking it, and they the tour manager would, would 
tell everybody to stay safe. But I mean, I like I, there was a friend of mine I went to visit in, in Fort Worth while we were there, and my tour the tour manager was like, "Make sure you wear a mask the whole time, you know, don't, you know." But but you guys were kind of your own pod, and then you just, whenever you were interacting with anybody else, you'd kind of mask up. That was supposed to be the thought, like almost like <laughs> like we're in a, like that's our NBA bubble is the bus and stuff. But I mean, come on, we're going to restaurants, we're yeah. We're, we're around people. I think the idea is to say, stay safe. And that is, that's, and that inoculates you against the virus when you say to someone, stay safe. Yeah. Just mean <laughs> that. Well. You've, you've released some kind of a bubble around them. Right. Well, they all had to, I mean, the tour ended with Nate flying straight to LA to tape his Netflix special. And they, Aaron and I came back, but the rest of them went straight there and they all had to be tested, um, I think twice before they got to do it. Mm-hmm. Everyone in the audience had to be tested. And that's IQ test on this one. <laughs> and then if they were smart enough to do the show. <laughs> then so yeah, so that's why Nate didn't get to do it. Gotcha. So, but he was able to record, Nate was able to record his special? Yeah, I was making a joke about his yeah, IQ. Yeah. But, <laughs> well, he'd be the first one to say, I'm yeah. the dumbest guy in the room. Yeah. So, so I'm just curious about his, the setup for that too. Like it had to be spread out. And so you're recording a special, but everybody understands it's pandemic time. So the audience is going to look different. Oh yeah. I mean, I was there different. obviously, but he said it was, it's outside at universal studios. Everyone's wearing mask. And, um, and you know, he was kind of like, look, if everyone's been tested and, and shown negative, why do they still have to wear masks? But you know, California is very strict. Yeah. And, uh, did the velociraptors come out from Jurassic Park at yeah, any point? We like come around the corner? The studio lot. Yeah. Well, he, um, he did say, I think it's okay because he told this on his podcast that, you know, he did two sets that night. And the first one was supposed, supposed to be an hour, obviously, it was 43 minutes because everyone's wearing masks. And he just said it was just the timing was just way off. Mm-hmm. And he got off stage. He's like, oh my goodness. Like this has been running an hour the whole time. But then the second one, he, Got his timing down better and just, you know, it was right at an hour. Oh, that's great. Yeah. That's great. Like 17 minutes. That's a lot of time. It's a fourth. That is a lot. Man. Well, I wonder if it's like people's laughs cut off quicker if they're in a mask and they had to get used to the rhythm too. And yeah. Well, it's hard to build that wave. Like you start from zero almost every joke. If people are, if people yeah. are aware of something sensory around them, they're less, they're less comfortable. It's strange. Well, right, I mean, the things. term laughter is contagious is true. Like if you don't, yes, if the room is tight, everybody starts noticing it's tight. And mm-hmm. then even if something's really funny, they pull back from laughing because they're going to stand out as the audience member who's laughing yeah. harder than everybody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I would, I would say too, I was thinking when you're talking about the drive in stuff that the, the crowd you went with and whoever's in your car kind of makes or breaks that too. Like if, 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 you know, you got five people in your car and they're all having a good time, then that experience is probably way better than the person that came there by themselves and mm-hmm. sitting in the car by themselves. Yeah. You know what I mean? Cause you have all these individual audiences, kind of little, yeah. little pods. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone I saw was like in a big group in the car, but I guess that could have been some individuals there. So are there any plans next summer? Do you like swim up shows at a pool? <laughs> they put the little screen at the end. Look, who knows, man? I, I, uh, I've underestimated this pandemic from the get go. So now I'm trying to overestimate it. And yeah. Well, I'm not the official pandemic, uh, spokesperson, but from what I've heard from some pretty high sources, um, some of the big concert promoters are getting information that by March, April of next year, May at the latest, that they expect the vaccines to be kicking in herd immunity. And so they're kind of holding off putting big events together till. May, June, July, but they're figuring full steam ahead at that point. Hey, 
excuse me for interrupting my own podcast, but I've got a couple of virtual comedy workshops you really need to know about. Hey, in January 2021, we're going to hit the ground running early with these two workshops. The first will be a comedy writing level two workshop. That's right, level two. You can take your comedy writing to a whole nother level with this laser focused workshop. This offer is designed for people who are currently performing comedy. It's ideal for those of you who have taken an online course or workshop with me in the past, or you have stage experience and just want to advance further with your writing. Among other things you're going to learn in this workshop, you're going to develop an opening joke that generates a laugh in under 15 seconds, even 10 seconds. We're going to create a bit that averages at least six laughs per minute so you can finish strong in any of your sets. We're going to generate a series of saver lines to rescue a bombing bit. That way you can try jokes out and not worry about it because you've got a way to come back in case the joke bombs. We're going to write a bit that reveals your biggest fears and insecurities so you can connect with your audience on a deeper level. We're going to learn how to take a long story and turn it into a series of quick, tight jokes. Also, you'll learn how to write soundbite punchlines to use in your demo video. To me, this alone is worth the entire registration fee. But when you think about creating a demo video, a lot of times you're doing it in reverse. You're grabbing a set, chopping it up, and trying to make something out of it. But what if you wrote your demo video comedy first so that when you did your live performance, you make sure you drop in the punchlines that you want to use in that demo video, little bites that tell the audience or the prospective buyer who you are. We're going to do that in this workshop. We'll also get a little deeper in touch with your comedy voice as you will have other comics write a joke for you. And you'll kind of see from their perspective how they perceive you. It's going to be a lot of fun. The beauty of it all, you don't have to go it alone. This is a workshop experience. There'll be other students who will help you out. I will help you as well. The only catch, you're going to help them too. Class size is limited to 15 in this workshop. Make sure you save your spot. Go to schooloflaughs.com. Click on the next classes tab at the top. And the very first offering is virtual comedy workshops. You can scroll down and click the comedy writing level two virtual workshop and register there. Registration fee is $99. May sound like a lot, but it's not. You're going to get your money's worth. Hey, and also we're going to do a virtual comedy performance workshop. Did one of these here recently, had a ton of fun with that. And we're going to do another one. So even if you took the previous one, you can get in on this. But uh, also, if you've never taken one, you can get in on this. What we're going to do in this workshop is you're going to prepare a three-minute set each week. You'll perform it through the Zoom, through the old computer, and get feedback from myself and other students. And specifically, we're going to work on editing your setups and getting to the point so you can come out with a bang, get to your first joke and all of your punchlines much quicker. I'm going to help you rephrase, retool your your premises, get them more defined, uh, avoid split premises, which a lot of comics have, don't know they have that problem. We're going to address that and get one direction so you can have a misdirection. Uh, we're going to understand set construction so you can put together a set that benefits you and the audience, lets the audience know about you as you proceed so you don't hit them with too much too quickly out of the gate. They kind of warm up to you throughout your set. We'll also experiment with act-outs, impressions. We'll learn how to finish our set on time so that we never go over and we do exactly what we need to do when we hit the stage and develop a three-minute set that really pops. Each week, you can bring another three minutes, a different three minutes to the table, or you can retool that first set a few times over. It's up to you. It's your time. Class size limited to 10 students on that. Again, you can reserve your spot by going to schooloflast.com. Click the Next Classes tab at the top and click the first link underneath in the menu, Virtual Comedy Workshops. Thanks a lot. Now let's get back to the episode. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. But 
there's three vaccines, two cleared, and the third AstraZeneca just came out the other day. It's mm-hmm. a cheaper double shot one that includes a monkey virus, but it's being cleared. <laughs> and yeah, the second the, dose makes the, it 90 something percent effective as yeah, well. Yeah, and they said it can just be refrigerated in regular refrigerators. So yeah. that's the hard thing about the other two is like they were trying to figure out how they're going to have all this dry ice. On a dry ice shortage. Zero. Yeah. I mean, after eight, after it's below zero. Yeah. How does the virus know two degrees difference? Like, hey, or whatever they have, the vaccine. How does, I don't understand that. Like, I think they should, if they could get it to where it could just be chilled, then what you do is you have these ice cream trucks that go around neighborhoods mm-hmm. and it's a vaccine slurpee <laughs> or an icy. And kids so you come running after it. a little bit it. in there and all the kids are getting it. The parents are kicking back. Maybe you've got to push up rocket pops. It's a beautiful idea. But it's, it's, it's really the, distribution method or the application method that scares people. Cause like the, yeah. what I've heard in all the clinical trials, the, the main thing is your arm feels like somebody punched, like Mike Tyson punched you in the arm when you get that second shot. Mm-hmm. And so people are like, I don't want to feel like that. You put it in a Slurpee or something, you know, <laughs> now it's like Mike Tyson punched you in the throat. Yeah. <laughs> you put it in your ear and then somebody licks it off and then bites it. Yeah. But, <laughs> but I think, you know, we still get a little ways to go, but things will be turning the corner. I'm I'm amazed at the vaccine speed. Hey, three by November, three vaccine candidates by November is, and you know, and we might still have other presidential candidates still not cleared by that true. point too. <laughs> that's true. So very good, man. We'll come back to Brian in a second. I know Johnny's been out on the road doing some a variety of gigs, but also fighting the battle of, hey, I'm booked next week. Oh, I'm canceled next week. Hey, I'm rescheduled for next month. Yeah. Oh, it's next month and it got canceled. I know that uh, it's just brutal over there. Yeah, I mean, I do a lot of private events, and I do some churches and conferences, and it's been kind of weird. The weird thing is some of the things that have held have surprised me. Like, I remember in July when Florida's counts were going up, up, up. They were like five, 6,000 a day, which back then was huge. Now we're like, well, that's great. Right. But I remember thinking, like, they were the number one state hot zone, and the governor was under fire, and I was like, well, these will – I'll lose these. They were the only thing holding. I had two churches in – uh, they were j- outside of Orlando in like t- small towns. Uh-huh. I was like, well, these won't hold. These are, and everything else was moving. And then I just get a call and he's just like, did you book your flights? And I was like, yeah, I mean, but I'm going to cancel them if I need to. They're Southwest. And he was like, no, no, they're happening. And I was like, I couldn't believe it. Yeah. So it's been weird to me. Like you go to certain cities or states, it's like what virus. And then you just know, like I, there was towns I didn't even want to connect in because I thought, at this point now, booking for December, I have four or five bookings left for December that we'll just see, and I don't know. But it's like I almost went flew into Baltimore. I was flying going to fly into Baltimore and then drive to Philly because I had a show in Philly a couple weeks ago. And uh, then I was going to connect and go to Dallas the next day. And that was the reason I was flying into Baltimore is because there was a direct flight from Baltimore to Dallas. So I was like, okay. And then I get an email from Southwest randomly. If you're flying to any of these cities and it was a travel lockdown that I did not know about, and I've not seen it on the news, Mm -hmm. but their mayor made like a, this, if you're from one of these troubled states, so I would, I would have been held there for 14 days, you know, signing, you know, affidavits or what, no, in uh, Baltimore. If I'd flown into DC, it was DC's mayor. Okay. So I had to move my flights to Philly. And if I had not gotten that email and understood it and went like, I follow like this whole chain of links to figure out what the. Mm-hmm. lockdown was about and it was just like be prepared to stay 14 days if you come here from one of these states and tennessee was on that list and i was like 
I wonder how many people are just going to fly into that airport and then like, and, and, and a guy, who knows if they can really make you do it. Right. Right. And then you're just that person that whatever you're violating a, I don't know how it works, but that, that, that new math of like figuring out where you're routing and like, it's almost dumb. Cause I'm not a political person. Like I don't consider myself a political person. Uh, I'm pretty, I'm pretty centrist. And then you start looking at like, all right, this, this booking's in a red state. It'll probably hold. This right. You don't want to be that guy, but you're thinking that way because yeah. you're going, blue states are more likely to lock down and be very way overly cautious by my way of thinking, a little overly cautious. And then you have way underly cautious people too. And, right. side. and it's like, I want to be in the middle. Like, can we be cautious and still not lose my house? <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's almost like you're coming from a red state. So yeah. that was the situation with Baltimore. It wasn't Probably. that Baltimore had a problem. It's that they, mm-hmm. they viewed Tennessee as a threat. Right. Yeah. So, so you're like, going to be a come- threat to any blue state you go to. I guess. And the red ones, you get the secret handshake. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and I just want to, I just want to do my job and I'm fine with like wearing a mask all day and then go on stage and there is distance and everything. I just think, if we can find a way to do shows safely, I want to do them. And if we get to the point where we decide we can't, then I want to see the information on that. But it's like, yeah, I have people. It, it's it's weird when you look at your social media, if you have people on every side of it, mm-hmm. you have these conspiracy theorists that are, you know, crazy. I feel like they're just insane. And then you have people going, well, why can't we ever ask a question about some of this data? And yeah. I do see that side of it, too. I like, I used to. I deleted all those people, though. <laughs> I only have people now that I agree with. And I'm starting <laughs> to find faults with them as well. That's good. <laughs> That's good. Well, it is, it is so tricky. Um, the one good thing I think out of this is, is when you're getting paid out now, nobody, nobody is shocked if you ask for a recount. Like that's good. when your that's money's true. on the table, you're like, this, <laughs> this seems a little shy of what I was expecting. When I got to Dallas from Philly, which was a whole thing because I was delayed in Philly and I had to get to this Dallas thing. It was an afternoon show, which was outdoors. I didn't know that at the time. It was so funny. I was like hurrying. I took a cab. I had a rental car that I had to cancel because I knew I was going to make it. I jumped in this cab. This guy from Bangladesh. I said, he said, I, I said, where are you from? I said, no, he's like, I'm from Bangladesh. And I said, can you get me to this address? I have a sound check in 30 minutes. It was about a 40 minute drive. And he said, you picked the right guy. You picked we the went, right guy. <laughs> we went a hundred miles an hour on George Bush Expressway. I yeah. saw George Bush. Yeah. <laughs> and yet still people were passing you. That's but anyway, when I Texas. get to Dallas, <laughs> when I get to Dallas to do this show, that was one of the first things I said. I said, uh, I don't expect this to go well. It's an outdoor show, but, uh, I'm not accepting the results if I bomb. <laughs> right. I am only counting legal laughs. Yeah. That's <laughs> funny. And it went over pretty well. It was a pretty red county that I was in, but yeah. it went over pretty well. well. I think that was the, 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 the only, not the only, but the, the main funny thing I thought about this election was when he asked Michigan to stop counting votes because he was ahead. I'm like, this, <laughs> I, you know, he's picking and choosing. Well, I just think that's his mom probably said, don't be afraid to ask. You know, they can always <laughs> say no. Yeah. But I started thinking, I would like to apply that in my daily life. Yeah. You know, stop counting carbs after breakfast. Yeah. You know, I'm ahead right now. Let's leave yeah. it where it or is. Quit yeah. every argument with your wife when well, you're ahead. Yeah. I'll just say something to her and say, I'm leaving right now while I'm ahead. <laughs> well, you know what I've also seen too, and I don't know how you guys have, we haven't talked too much anything today about virtual shows, but once the election was over, the, the weeks here passed, I see people just full steam ahead doing virtual. They're like, this is the way it's going to be for a few more months. Early on, they're kind of like, should we do it virtual or should we just wait till next year? Mm-hmm. But I see people, more people getting comfortable with the idea of doing it. Um, even to the point where I've got Christmas parties where the, the one that hired me a couple of days ago, they, they're going to grub hub or do some kind of meal delivery where everybody gets a meal delivered to their home. Huh. They're all eating the same meal at the same time and they can log on and watch the show together. And I thought that's kind of an interesting approach. Yeah. But they're just like full steam ahead. 
people have done enough Zoom where they know how it works. They know there's going to be some hiccups or whatever, but this is the best way to do it. Did you guys see like an increase here recently of just more virtual requests than in person? Not for me, just because that's I'm not in that world as much. Um, you know, doing clubs and such, and I don't do a ton of corporates anyway. So, um, not for me. My 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 first quarter is pretty much non-existent mm-hmm. right now, and and I just kind of have accepted it. And anything I get is just going to be a bonus to me. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, I had a lot of people who wanted to do those early on, and I was one of those people that was like, "Let's wait." And uh, because of thinking when this is over, because first of all, if they want to do that, they want to pay a lot less mm. usually. And so you're like, well, do I take this now, burn the hand, and, or do we wait and then book like a full fee thing down the road? And you hope for that. And then once it becomes months and months, you're like, man, I should have taken that one fifth of my yeah, fee yeah. event. And at this point, yeah, things are starting. People are starting to, like you said, there's an acceptance that's setting in. And I also think, too, it's like you talk about necessity being the mother invention with the vaccine. I also think that people having, like older people having to learn these technologies, they're having to get more comfortable with them. That's going to end up being good in the long run, too. Mm -hmm. Because I think, well, it'll be weird because I know some companies are just like, we don't even know why we had so many people in cubicles here. They're just sending everybody home. Uh, if you've got a business where you, model where you can move into a big vacant office buildings, yeah. like, and you've been waiting, the hardest job in America is going to be leasing those things out once this thing is back to normal. Mm. Uh, I, I mean, 100%. You're Tiny uh, fabricated walls between you that don't do anything, and uh, you're just like... And well, just the fact that everybody knows that you can work from home and be effective now. Yeah. And then, the, you know, the time... My wife, has, she's been working remote since March, and... She saves 90 minutes to two hours just driving mm-hmm. downtown and back. And she's well, I will like, say me working from home, I have not been more effective. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, me being at home has not helped anybody in my home be more effective. But I will say that, uh, you, I mean, I admire you guys for doing some things this past year that have made yourself better. I Well, first of all, I, as I said earlier, I really underestimated the, the pandemic. The length it, of it. Yeah, when it hit in March, and and my January February was great, and 2020 was definitely going to be my on pace to be my best year. Yeah. And then it hit in March, but my April was kind of slow. So in my mind, I was like, you know what, it's okay if if it's going to have to happen. Right. My April was pretty slow anyway, so right. yeah. get through that, and then we'll just get back to these shows in May. And I continually underestimated. And then when things kind of started opening back up for me in June, I was like, okay, that lasted longer than I thought, but now we're back to going. And obviously I've underestimated the whole time, but you guys like you, we are, we're weighing the paintings, but then you started running and then biking and you've kind of taken on this new health habit. Johnny started running and, and I just sat at home and got fatter. (laughs) (laughs) So I admire you guys for doing things to improve your life. The positive of that is that I started noticing Nashville. Like, I had never been to Shelby Bottoms Park before, mm-hmm. ever. Mm-hmm. I've lived here for 20 years. Mm-hmm. I lived at Stewart's Ferry Apartments when I first moved here, and that connects to the Greenway, mm-hmm. and I never even knew that. Mm-hmm. There's a mountain bike course that's right there at Shoots Branch, right next to my house, mm-hmm. that I have never even knew about, and that was sitting there for, for the past 10 years that I've been out here in this neck of the woods. So, <laughs> I, And the other thing, too, like, there's a few things that, Side, not I wouldn't call them side effects, but just things that concurrently happen when you're doing that. Is I'm a big snacker, so if you're riding on the bike, a hundred mile bike ride took me six hours and twenty three minutes. Well, that's six hours and twenty three minutes where I'm not eating fudge, <laughs> you know, I'm not right. sitting there, yeah. or or any of that stuff, or soda. And so you're 
you're not doing bad things. You're doing good things, but it's taking all your reserves when you oh, do it. That will preach. I'm telling you what, Brian. You know that's what a sermon. There's a sermon there. Well, that, and that's the other. You're doing the good things. You don't have time to do the bad things. Stand with us. Can you bow your heads? <laughs> You don't have to make just make eye contact with me. You don't have to look at anybody else in the room. But if this Masks is you, up, everybody, up right please. Now. Well, and we were joking about it the other day too, because you were saying that you had material that worked in your new presentation waiver from the bike, and I go, now all your all that crap you've been spending all thousands of dollars on your bike, Gary. It's all tax deductible now because it's in the act. Yeah, I mean, I, I could probably write off my bike purchase. Yeah, that's uh, what I used to do. I used to have a joke about how like. Because there's a bunch, I go to some churches where there's a lot of bikers. They have a biker community, like like motorcycles. Mm-hmm. And I'll be like, yeah, I got a hog because I've had a like a scooter, like a yeah, big yeah. scooter for mm-hmm. a while. A and I'll show a picture of me on the scooter, and they'll get a big laugh. And I'll go, I don't care if you laugh at that because now it's a write off. Yeah, <laughs> it's in the show. Yeah. <laughs> well, we could use all. It's weird. No, but like I was just kind of starting to organize my tax information for the year mm-hmm. the other morning. Um, and I have like no receipts from April, May, June, or July. Yeah, like literally six pieces of paper. Yeah, yeah. and two are from like when we met and went out to have lunch after or something. <laughs> so that aspect will take a lot uh, less time this year to. Pick yeah, up. my accountant's not going to earn his money this year. He'll be like, "This is it." Like, yeah, this is it. Yeah, you just done. figure out how to make that loan pay off or whatever. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like you said, early this year, January, February, even the first two weeks of March was gangbusters, yeah. and that that luckily was the case. And I'll say this too, like God has provided any in an enormous way for me this year where I didn't have to stress out about the money. Um, and uh, it's just, it's amazing how there was a, a day, like a, it's like a Thursday, like two months in. And I just had that passing thought of, should I decrease my tithing because I'm earning zero right now? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, nah, I don't think so. You know, we've got some money saved up and tithing's important because there's people that are in more of a predicament than I am at this point. And those tithings, you know, your mm-hmm. church is helping more people in a lot of different ways. And like the next day, uh, God kind of stepped in with a, a, a financial thing that I did not expect at all. And it was just proof that, you know, I think just doing the right things is always the way to go. Not because you expect that payoff, but just because you can. And hmm. so that was a big load off. Thanks for me making me feel wise. good about decreasing my hiding, Rick. Yeah, <laughs> well, I'm not saying, but I had the same thought. They like, canceled his auto draft the day of. And I'm not saying that because I kept tithing, God paid off, because I don't think that's the way God works. But I just think that at the time where I was thinking about it, mm-hmm. he reminded yeah. me that he's always yeah, yeah. awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I think that, yeah, there's, that, I think it's one of the danger of like politics seeping into our, our lifestyle so much now in the last, you know, four, five, six years. It's like, we start to see things on a spiritual level as transactional because mm-hmm. our politicians are also transactional. You do for me, I'll do for you. You vote for me, I'll give you this thing. Right. It's like we start thinking of God that way. It's so dangerous. So, yeah. <laughs> Again, I keep going back to really underestimating this pandemic, but I, uh, um, the, there's people who's re- reinvented themselves during this pandemic or just find creative ways to make things going. You know, Dustin Nickerson doing those backyard shows all across the country. I admire him for, for doing that. I know you did one with him up one in with him. Clarksville. So yeah, and he's he's done a lot, and and I admire him for finding creative ways to do that. There's people who have created web series or, or things like that, like Sarah Cooper, who's on already had a Netflix special. She, she hadn't done any of this Trump impersonation until after the pandemic started, and now she's a huge star. If, if I had to do it over, I would have started something more consistently on social media and maybe stuck with it because mm-hmm. 
I've done some stuff, made some videos and things like that with my wife and things like that. Oh, yeah. The, the three of Brian's is my favorite. No, oh, that's great. If that's somewhere I can link to it, I'll link to it. Okay. But So <laughs> in a nutshell, Brian grows out his facial hair and does a, a take where he's got it all and another take where he's just got the mustache and then another take where it's all shaved off. Is that right? Uh, yeah, goatee, yeah, mustache, yeah. And, and, and shaved off, and it's future Brian. Very smart. Yeah. Future so you're interacting, warning yourself about the pandemic, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Future Brian was way off because again, I was way off. But, yeah, yeah it's, uh, there are creative solutions. You know, and if it doesn't generate money, it's now or whatever. I, I think it's still worth pursuing because you're learning new skills as you go. Like mm-hmm. in here, I, this backdrop looks totally real on video with the lighting and everything i mean i can't explain how they do it but it's three-dimensional when you look at it and i've been able to stream live shows from in here to different groups and they're always like man are you downtown nashville in an old building i'm like no let me turn the camera around i'm in an office you know on the second floor (laughs) well who knows what 2021 has in store um i kind of feel like this the second half of the year should be pretty back to normal um not giving advice to anybody out there listening but if you know, if you have an event that you could do in the fall versus the spring, I think there's less chance of moving it if it's in the fall. Spring might still have to be pushed back. Who knows? Thanks, guys, for coming in today. Thank you. Hope you enjoyed the talk with Johnny W. and Brian Bates, both former students, both full-time comedians, proud of that fact, and they both really go at it the right way with intensity, and they continue to write and generate material to go along with their developed stage skills. So always good to see the fellows. Hope you got something out of that episode. If nothing else, a little encouragement in this year of the pandemic. Don't forget we got the virtual comedy workshops coming up in January. The dates, all the information at schooloflast.com underneath next classes and virtual comedy workshops. Click on the tab. You'll be able to register there. Registration fee is 99 for either class. Both classes meet three times. And they meet on Mondays and Wednesdays. The virtual comedy writing class, Mondays, January 4, 11, and 18 from 7 to 9 p.m. Central. And the comedy performance workshop, Wednesdays, January 6, 13, and 20 from 7 to 9 p.m. Central. And the registration fee for each is $99. Thanks again to our podcast supporter through Patreon, Derek Tennant. Derek, hope your 14 sleeves are all on at the same time. We got snow here in Nashville. Hope you're staying warm and safe wherever you are, buddy. That's it. Take care. Thank you. And stay. Thanks for listening to the School of Laughs podcast. If you'd like to hear more School of Laughs podcasts, you can find them on iTunes and Stitcher.com. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. For information on upcoming live and online classes, visit SchoolofLaughs.com. Until next time, stay tuned, stay focused, and stay funny.